Danica and I just learned an interesting lesson about one-sidedness and preaching. 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 Hey, that's one-sided of you. Only one of my testicles didn't contribute contribute to the conversation <laughs> and you just completely ignored the other one. Now tell us what you learned. So, you wise old fool. <laughs> I, this is something I've been feeling to not only as an evolution of sharing podcasts, but also sharing knowledge in different contexts like... I used to make a lot of YouTube content and I'm a yoga teacher and we're sharing wisdom and philosophy and I'm sharing about the science stuff that I know. And anyway, podcast is a particularly potent medium from which to reflect on the concept of preachiness. I dislike speaking as if I have some sort of authority on a subject when I am still having a very flawed human experience surrounding that very topic. And so I I really don't like to speak as if I've mastered, not only like I've mastered anything, because I don't necessarily think that's how how I come across, but I don't like the idea of speaking as if what I'm sharing is truth, full stop indisputable this philosophy is this is what's right and if you don't believe something like this or this exact thing then you must be in the wrong that's one-sidedness isn't it yeah and 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 i think that a lot of people in this in the space of like what was the word that we didn't want to use there was self-development. What was the word we wanted to use instead? Oh, self-improvement. Self-help. No, self-help, self-development, self-help. That's the word. That's, that's the no-no word. And the good one was self-development. Personal development Personal or self development. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. What a weird word, self-help. Okay, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Go on. No. Anyway, um, <laughs> in the self-development and like spiritual philosophy kind of worlds, there's a little bit of overlap there or there can be. I think a lot of people can start to talk like they have authority or some level of enlightenment. Like it's a lift you get into and I'm on level 77 and from here I can see that blah, 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 blah. And in fact, you should be seeing it as blah, 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 blah. But they're so flawed. (laughs) I love your enlightened voice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what happened when you're enlightened. You start to talk like a posh, condescending asshole. Yeah, like you. I'm just a regular condescending <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I'm not at all posh. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I don't ever want to sound like I am anything but a superhuman, like superhuman. I'm a superhuman. Don't ever think of me anything other than superhuman. I'm basically a superhero and don't look at me otherwise for any reason. I am super <laughs> space human. Like really oh, human. Oh, the comma was really pertinent to that yeah. sentence. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm fully understanding you now. It took it in two completely yeah. different directions. <laughs> nice. I like that that flip. Superhuman versus superhuman. Yeah. Nice. The thing is about authority is that we do trust people more with authority. For example, when it comes to brain hacks, I'm going to shoot up 
Andrew Huberman because he seems to have the authority on information and gives lectures in that regard. Teal Swan speaks like, not like she's better than anyone, but she's really thought out every topic she publishes and speaks about and does videos about and books about. Um, it's not that authority is the problem, I don't, I don't think. I think it's more that acting like your way is the right way and that people need to understand why your side is the right side. I, I really understand is coming from a place of unacceptance. You're not able to accept other people's side. Even if they feel opposing to yours, you still have to accept it. And that's the thing that good or healthy authority does well. They say, here's what I recommend. Here's what looks like it seems to be working for other people. Here's what worked for me, you know, even until Swan's situation. But none of them are like, none of them have the perspective of, I am right and I have the authority here and you should listen to me. They're just sharing it casually and not necessarily intending to change people. You know what I mean? Whereas I think one-sidedness is intending to change people. And I've seen that in myself and it's not as pretty. It's super comma human. What do you do when you find yourself in a situation where you know so strongly that you're right and the other person is so like violently wrong. They're vehemently wrong. It aggravates you, makes your blood boil how fucking wrong they are. But what do you do in that situation? Yeah, this has been and really... What, what would the wise posh Danica who <laughs> looks down on everybody, what would she do as well? I'd love to hear from her as well. I mean, this is really big for me as I think it can be for everyone. And I think that I've worked on this a lot, especially in the last few years. I think this has been pinnacle to maturing as an adult, just not letting myself get so caught up in the fire, the raging fires of my belief systems and holding on so strongly to what I believe, the way I think, the way I see the world and being so challenged by differing opinions and I think what really, really, really helps me, because I had a situation yesterday. Yesterday was Australia Day slash Invasion Day. And there was an opportunity for some of that rhetoric to arise in the conversation. And it started to, you know, the other person started to bubble up. And there was, there was almost like an opportunity to engage in it. Like, I'm not going to say what the side was, but, you know, ah. Oh, but really, this day is about da 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 and they blah, 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 blah. And in, I, can, I know for a fact that when I was younger, that would, have, that would have hit something. That would have hit something in me that I would feel passionately about. And I feel like that I would just need to even, even just say something subtle or something, you know, just let them know that what I thought was not right or I just didn't disagree with it or I thought that there was something they were saying was wrong. But yesterday I noticed that it didn't even get to that point in my mind where I was like, oh, like this opinion doesn't align with mine. They're wrong. What was, there was this undercurrent of just pure understanding, pure understanding of like, ah, okay, this is the way they see the world. Ah, that makes sense for who they are, the way that they are, what they've been through. It is what it is. So short answer is understanding being able to look at someone and see beyond their belief system in the immediate moment and see the human that they are, which is made up of this myriad of life experiences and, you know, 
avenues of thought and experiences and traumas and sources of information that they engage with. Mm. Seems like you put the human aspect of them first and the opinions, beliefs and ego aspect of them secondary. Yeah, and we were talking about this earlier, right? Earlier in the evening. It's separating the narrative from the individual. Mm. I think that's what's important to do. The belief system is the narrative. The individual is the person that you're interacting with. And the narrative for them serves them in some way. Yeah. And trusting that for them, that's their truth right now. And if it is untrue, they will come to know it in their own way later. But you don't have to go around and correct every single person's opinion that disagrees with yours or even disagrees with the uh, other people's objective truth. Yeah. One, one of the things, sorry, I just wanted to add, no, one of the go. things I do in that situation when I want to say something, if I'm asked to speak on it and I know that that person has strong opinions and they're going to want to argue and they're going to want to shove their opinions down my throat and they really are adamant that they are right. Because here's the thing, I'm, I'm never really adamant that I'm right, okay? I'm always open to having discussions. But if that gets taken advantage of and someone tries to manipulate me and I can start to sense that, my immediate response is, oh, yeah, you're probably right. And just, and, and I've I, noticed you do that, and I, yeah. And I think that that very much alludes to what you said or implied, which is like treating the human first. Mm. Because here I am going behind the ego saying something was five or six words, smiling at them, and now we're talking about something else. Mm. And that is the intention. My intention is connection mm. and understanding. I already understood they weren't going to change their mind. I already understood that the, the trajectory that they wanted to go down was only to fuel their own fire, fuel their own beliefs. And if they can convert someone, because mm. you know when you preach, right, it's because you don't fully believe the thing on your own. So if they can convert someone else to think like they think, mm. then immediately they become more validated in what they think. Yeah. And so the preaching being indicative of their faith flickering, to me, I just go behind it all. I'm like, okay, I see the whole thing. I see the narrative. I see the belief system. I see where you want this to go. I can see the faith flickering. I see it all within one sentence. And then I go, oh yeah, you're probably right. Let's talk about taking poos because that will at least make us smile. And uh, Anything, anything. It doesn't have to be toilet humor, which I objectively... That's all just as good. I, most of my talking in a meeting, if, you, if you're not like, don't like toilet humor, just don't talk to me at all. There's no point. I don't I really have anything valuable inside me except for toilet i'm kidding ultimately i don't care to engage in the drama or identify the person for their beliefs mm -hmm. because when you mentioned that earlier you mentioned um separating the narrative from the individual it reminded me of the Kabbalion quote all truths are but half truths mm. and it's like even if i'm right and they're wrong i'm still i'm still half wrong yeah so what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> if you really, that, that's one of those quotes you got to chew on and then vomit out and then pick out of the dirt and then chew on it again and then drop it in the toilet and then take it out of the toilet. Pick on it. You can see where my humor goes, but you can also see that like, even if you forget it, it's important to bring back into your psyche and chew on it again. And it just keeps teaching you. That book seems to have that effect. I don't think a lot of people would resonate with that. All truths about half truths. I think that a lot of people, especially in this day and age, just see their truth as truth. Well, I don't think I don't, I don't think they have Why? the capacity. Because what what is their interpretation? What do you think is the generic 
interpretation of that because I guarantee you it's, it's not just mine. disagreement. <laughs> All truths about half truths. Yeah, like I think a lot you of people. Th- why would they disagree? What, I think what, what, a lot, what would they perceive that? To I think mean? a lot of people believe that their side is right, and that there is a right side and a wrong side. But that's and so they'll read that quote and they're not going to go, "Hmm, are all truths but half truths?" They're going to be like, "No, what I think is true and what you think is wrong in this context, and that's just like." But that's but not that's, a re- that's not a reflective person then. If they but think that's that what they're I'm saying. so that's right, that's what I'm saying. Like f- like because it, that that quote, "All truths but half truth." It does. It doesn't speak to like, oh, this fact is also right, even though it's wrong. It's actually speaking to there are so like it all comes down to perspective, mm. which is informed by experience mm. and, and what angle you're looking at it from. Yeah, of course. And perspective is completely individual mm. to us to, lo- like, to somebody who doesn't who who we would say has what schizophrenia or delusions or whatever, you know who doesn't perceive things right mm. up could look like down to them, but that's truth for them. That's right. So, so half true in that situation means that that, that is their truth, but it allows me to look at that and go, Oh, well, if I'm half wrong about what I think, then he's also half right about what he thinks. And that leads me to a place of understanding an appreciation for the order and balance and existence of all things. And it allows for everything to have an opposite. See, I don't necessarily, when somebody is like, if somebody is sharing an opinion with me or something that I don't necessarily agree with, or that I believe is wrong, I don't always just let them have it. Sometimes I, I feel like, Oh, maybe you're saying something that's hypocritical in this situation, or maybe that like you that's just flat right something that you shouldn't say, you know, like let's just say like blanket racial profiling or something. Something that's just really easy to be like, yeah, oh, hold on a second. Like what what did you just say about like come on, think a little deeper about that. But there's a way to deliver that information as well that comes from that space of understanding and and makes room for the human in the conversation not just their belief system. So you're actually speaking to the human, not the belief system. Even when people come at me with like, they're trying to inundate me with their belief systems and they're really trying to get my opinion out of me or they're really trying to get me to take a side. Like you can either speak to the belief system that's coming through or you can appeal to the human behind Mm. that. Like something that's been really present for me recently is, you know, people have been saying to me like, what do you think about this? You know, doesn't it just like, like a blood boiler, isn't it just breaking your heart? You know, I just can't stop obsessing over it or whatever. And I'm just like, you know what? I've actually been through so much in the last year that I don't have the energy or capacity for it. So I'm just kind of in my own space and I try not to think too much about what's going on. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. You're totally right. Diffused. Diffused. They're coming at me with like, haven't you seen this? And how are you ignoring this? And I'm sending you this and you should watch this. And I'm just like, "Mm, sorry, I... I really can't. I don't want to. And this is why. And I hope you understand. Do you like, does that make sense? Like it's speaking to the human behind the belief system. I think diffusing is one of the most important tactics in that situation. Um, Not only does it allow the person you're talking to, to see you to see them as a human, but it actually allows them to see you as a human. Mm. As soon as you, I'm not saying you play the mental health card, but as soon as you mention that, like, you don't have the capacity to handle more than what you can already handle. 
therefore you don't have the I don't want to say energy, but I guess, yeah, you don't have the will to go get riled up about the things that they're riled up about because that that to you would be a luxury because you're trying to figure out how to get out of bed tomorrow, not solve a problem that's uh, is halfway across the world somewhere else. Um, so yeah, that's a really good tactic. And, and um, I just want to clarify as well, I don't typically just let people have their opinions no, either. No, no, no. I know I'm, I'm quite a shit stirrer. I like to always say what will rile people up just for fun. You're really be- great at that because as well. Because it's, it's funny to me. But you diffuse with humor. But I do diffuse yeah. with humor. I do, I do love that approach. Yeah. I think diffusing is so important. Yeah. Um, but then also That's knowing when to do it, knowing when to do it because, because sometimes you'll be pulled in. Yeah. But if you can get yourself out in a way that allows you and the person you're talking to, 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 to leave with the conversation feeling love, mm. then, then in a way you have put the human before the individual. You, you've actually asserted your own values. If your values are to prove other people wrong and prove you right, yeah. then you'll probably fall into the trap of engaging with the drama, with, picking yeah. a side, having an argument, yeah. and then leave the situation going, that person's a fucking idiot. Because this is the thing, I think that when we bring out when we bring out really strongly held belief systems to any conversation, we're trying to do one of two things. We're trying to either get a strong oppositional reaction so we can assert our own value and have some sort of a discussion slash like argument, some sort of like a heated discussion that just allows you to really like tap into your will and exert your energy and try try to sway them in some way you know or you're trying to get them to fully accept and acknowledge and eat up everything that you're serving them and come back at you with like yeah you're so right and i believe that we're gonna tell the whole world yeah we're gonna tell we are so (laughs) right about this and you know all the people who disagree they just so you're looking for like either like radicalization radical radical acceptance or mm. radical opposition and either way you're either getting way like radical. a hit you're getting one of those like brain chemical hits right it's like it's either the feeling of acceptance or the feeling of actually acceptance to the people who agree with you and then therefore are opposing the people on the other side or it's con- the us or versus conflict them. yeah it's the us, us versus, versus them. them are you are you one of me or are you one of you and so sometimes like when people come at me with these belief systems that I actually even align with, but I, but I can, I can start, I can sense that they're being ruled by the narrative. Yeah. That's a thing. That's even a real thing. I'll even diffuse. if you agree with them, it's yeah. like, it's or, like, yo, or you're really getting... like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I hear that. But like, or not even, but, but like, yeah, I hear you, but mm. just, I don't know. I don't think it's worth going there, man. Cause people are just throwing, throwing that stuff around. And people are angry. People, people are angry and there's always a new thing to be angry about. Yeah. People and, are hurt. And people are hurt. Yeah. That's the thing. And I think people are scared as well. Mm. And those three things leave you seeking relief mm. constantly. And relief, acceptance is a form of relief. That's why, that's why you'd violently oppose people who disagree with you. Acceptance is a form of relief and opposition is an outlet. It's an outlet for that heavy emotion. Well, opposition gives you acceptance, right? Because you have a team now. No, oppos- I mean, if you come face to face with somebody who does not support your opinion, that's an outlet for oh, your, for anger for and your rage pain, rage, or, or fear. Yeah, suffering, yeah. 
that's an outlet. That's your opportunity to channel that towards somebody when it so, feels like you don't know what to do with it because the problem is so big. Here is somebody to throw it at. And that is classic projection, right? It's very easy to take all the suffering and emotions inside you and to direct it somewhere. And that's that's all well and good. But I don't know how many speeches by great humans in history were done in all caps yelling. I mean, <laughs> all the most memorable things were done, you know, pushing a powerful message with, with a great communicator, with, a great, with great communication skills and a great communicator. But people who almost had found peace and understanding um, with the situation, those people seem to be more likely to, to make waves in, in, in history. Mm. Um, not so, and then there are other people who, you know, violently opposed one side and they made waves in a different way, mm. but the people, those aren't necessarily people who are noted as like being some of the most beautiful people in history. Mm. Um, it's very easy to use opposition as an outlet for mm. your negative emotion or emotion, the stuck emotion in general. Mm. Um, one of the books I'm reading now, rightfully so is, uh, healing and coping with grief. Um, and one of the things she says in that book, she's a doctor who, who lost her son um, of like, I think two or three years old to um, pain. It was like a horrible accident, really rough story. Um, but she had some very valuable perspectives. And one of the things she says is that, is that there'd be very little problems in the world if people knew how to deal with grief. Yeah. Grief is a part of life and you don't learn shit about it until someone you love or something you love disappears or dies. And the older you get, the more it compounds in different contexts. Yeah. Like grief is so multifaceted and it just stacks on top of each other. And people are not even recognizing when grief is present in their life because no. it doesn't come in a clear cut box. No, someone can be screaming and protesting something on the street, but really they're just sad about their dad who passed away or anything, anything like that. And you can be, and you can be feeling all of this rage inside, but you've never had anyone die in your life, but you don't understand that you're grieving like the life you've had to leave behind because you grew up too quickly or something like that is grief yeah, too. That's grief too. Yeah. I, I think understanding emotional trauma should be more. It's more important than learning geography. Two things here. Hurt people, hurt people. Right. So that's like Bingo. a way to see like that, to tap into that understanding that underlies the narrative. It's yeah. Like, there's yeah. It a really human is. Who's hurting here. Yeah. That like, just, can we just throw them some love or gently, gently leave, <laughs> you mm. know, if we can't. Mm. And um, the other thing is like, I really align with be the change that you wish to see. And I don't mean that in like, Oh, I, I think everyone should be like this. So I need to stand on the rooftops and scream this. Cause that's what I think everyone should be doing. Standing on the rooftops and screaming. No, it's like, for me, it's like, I wish there was more art and beauty and self-care and self-nurture in the world. So mm. I'm going to make art and make my space beautiful and take really good care of myself and love up on myself. Like that just feels so real to mm. me. Mm. And it's the way that I'm living with myself, the way I'm relating to myself, the work that I'm doing that lights me up. That's when I don't feel preachy. Then when I sit here and I'm like, I don't know. I guess I don't like we don't I don't think we do this and I want to be mindful of if we have ever have sounded preachy in the past. And that that is something that I'm trying to be more mindful of. Like how forcefully am I bringing my belief systems 
to the situation, into the situation, into the conversation? Mm. And can I just soften? Or if I have a moment where I get really riled up, can I just hold a space of acknowledgement for the other side or for where I'm at mm. and why I felt that way? Yeah, because we're humans who are ever-changing, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's like a part of... We started this conversation with preach, preaching this, right? We've been everywhere. And I'm like, did we talk about... Pre-? Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we totally did. Um, <laughs> Not imagining that. Yeah, and I think like that's one of the quintessential things about like preachiness is like being, again, like being able to acknowledge your humanity. Mm. I think like that's something that we can preach. That's something that we can get a, get on a pedestal about like, yo... I'm actually flawed and that's why I want to share this wisdom with you because guess what? I don't always get it right, but this feels right to me. Hey, try it on. Try it on. Maybe it'll feel right for you too. A lot of the times um, that's been the situation for me. I've said things on this podcast that I don't necessarily agree with today or I feel like I might agree with a portion of them, but then would have to clarify 15 other ways in yeah. which that actually applies. Yeah. Uh, and here's what I exactly I meant. And it might've come out differently in that moment because yeah. I was speaking in a different time and I wasn't thinking about every single reason why that made sense. But that's the thing with conversation. It's all very literal and it's all very specific. And the second you take it out of context, it's very easy to appear preachy mm. or appear like you're all for one thing and not the other. Yeah. Um, you and I do have strong beliefs. I don't feel like we're trying to shove them down people's throats, but I feel like we're trying to shed light as to how we came to the beliefs we have and why they work for us. Are those beliefs changing in themselves? Fuck yeah. Always. Are we going to have more discussions when they do change? Fuck yeah. Yeah. We're not trying to sit here and tell people that we know the truth and they should follow us we're not starting a cult okay dude (laughs) this isn't a fucking cult we're just we're just people who like talking about big concepts from a macro perspective Mm. and shedding light to them using angles that i haven't heard much of and that's something i find important but when you say what feels right for you right now is to you know increase self-love create art and bring more beauty to the world that is your purpose Mm. so that is what you need to do everyone here has to figure out what exactly their purpose is if they're not sure Mm. usually it it gets revealed it can get revealed any time in life i know people almost 50 right now who are just changing their life paths completely to pursue something that they loved doing when they were younger Mm. it there's no right or wrong way here either way you'll get led back to the thing that you're meant to do um I feel that when you're on path and on purpose, on your path and on purpose, there's this natural openness and receptivity that comes to be where you don't feel as strongly attached to neither your stuff or other people's stuff because you're just so with your process. Well, there's a quote by Ramdas that says, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. Mm. Oh, can you say that again? The great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. God damn. That's yeah, he a, was he was nice actually one. quoting a different book from yeah. a, a lecture that he yeah, had I was going to say, that doesn't sound like Ramdas. No, it's not a Ramdas yeah. quote. Um, but it is profound because if you bring that into what you just said, I think it means that 
if you're not overly attached and stuck and rigidly thinking, quote unquote, thinking that this or X thing is what you need to do, then, and you have no preference, but you have desires and goals and things you want to accomplish, but you feel it from a different place inside you. You feel it as a deep calling. That's the way. And a deep knowing other than intellectualization of, I should be a doctor because my father was a doctor. Um, then that's the way. Mm. But if you if you have that deep calling, but you still have strong preferences, it has to happen like this, and it has to go like this, and it absolutely has, and this will happen at this time, and if it doesn't happen by this time, then the X thing will happen. And it, You know what I mean? Well, even beyond that, preferences i believe that's that's an op the opportunity to check yourself as to whether you feel like you're on your path and connected to your purpose is how how strongly are you clinging to the narratives the drama the belief systems the news the propaganda the conspiracy theory like whatever your form of the noise is like when you're holding too tightly to that it's like oh what am i what is like what am i missing here what am i where am i not connecting to my essence and instead i am connecting to this story that is outside of my own i just want to add quickly to that point that some people are um in touch with the noise of the world and follow the propaganda or have strong beliefs on political opinions um, and don't have much purpose. And I, I'd say to those people, a lot of the time, they're deeply drawn to the noise because that's part of their way. That's part, they're supposed to be shedding light on that noise. That's an important role that I think more people um, who feel a deep calling towards it um, should be doing. I've actually encouraged one of my close friends to go and start a YouTube channel. They have so much strong opinions on the noise of the world. Mm. I just said to myself, people would benefit from that. You would receive, um, you you would receive a, an outlet for your not frustration, but your um, ingestion of all this information. That's the thing. It's a right? win-win. Be the change. Be the change. It's like instead. So for of... some people, it is to get into the noise, but yeah. for some people, it's actually not. Yeah. So it's like, what do you do with the noise then when you get into it? Like shed light on it. Shed the light you, on it. You, Share it. You, you you turn white noise into communication, yeah. into clarity. But that even that, yeah. Because everyone has, if there's if there's enough noise and then enough people shedding light on it, then wouldn't that help make the situation less noisy for other people? Isn't that being the change? Communicating it with clarity, mm. but with some sort of. With some sort of humanness behind the stuff as well. Well, it's not going to be noticed. From, it's not going to be noticed globally yeah. unless it speaks to the innate part of the human soul. Yeah. If it does, and they and and it's very clear that this person is able to see the entire situation mm. and understand the entire situation. Like as unbiasedly as possible, mm. um, that's when it will speak to the masses. If not, it will fall into the 
uh, us versus them opposition versus quote unquote truth argument. I mean, that in itself is some people's purpose too. I think so too. Having the side and being on yeah, the side and collecting right. people on your side and that, that is right. Being the noise on the side. But I just, yeah, I just like that for me is just a way to check myself. Like when I start to see that part of the, like, cause that for me is like, my fire right my fire is like my creative passion and purpose for the life that I want to create for myself and when that starts fueling towards something that I'm just getting riled up about I'm like oh why am I directing it towards this and not what I want to be creating that's your energy so so suddenly you've been thrown off course yeah you were on a path and you're like oh there's a shiny thing on that tree over there you strayed from the path and you went to go have a look at something off the path these things happen to everyone, but how quickly you get back on the path will be how likely you are to pursue the path mm. in its entirety. And ultimately not sitting on one side or the other and being like, hey, you're doing it wrong. Like, hey, why are you on your path when you should be on the path that everybody else is screaming about? Mm. Or why are you screaming about your path when you should be in your own space doing your own thing? It's, it's like it's man, crazy. As weird as this is, just live and let be. Like live and let live be, and but let live. but also like there's this cool thing in your body called your heart, and it really is a compass. And anyone out there, in, including me at times, and talking to myself when I get in, you know, emotional situations where I haven't got clarity, I would benefit, and people in this situation would benefit from closing down their eyes and feeling their heart, like just just listen to the heartbeat for 10 minutes because that's your compass. And that's something I could have benefited from last week. You know, sometimes you know the answer, but you just don't do it. When I close my eyes and try to feel my heart for 10 minutes, all I hear is my brain like, for 10 minutes. And I sit up and I'm like, that was great brain. You didn't shut up for 10 minutes. I couldn't hear a thing my heart said. Then I get up and go about my day. I swear that happens to me as well. And I swear that happens to most of the world when they try and meditate. That's just a thing with being human today. Jesse's like, put your um, hand over your heart and just listen to what it has to say. And my brain's like, you know, like chips, chips would be really nice right now. I could now. go like, some chips right really now. really go for some mm, chips. What flavors do I have yeah. in the cupboard? Let me think about all the different yeah. flavors of chips that exist <laughs> and which of those are in my cupboard right now. Yeah, I get this. I get this is the brain. It's hilarious because the brain loves to solve problems. The brain loves to get into situations and work its way out. So it's always trying to dig you into something. I'm like, time to lose my heart. My brain's like, this is, it's all about me now. I'm in the spotlight. Here we go. Let me take up space now. It's crazy though, because you as an artist, you'll definitely notice that when you're creating something, sometimes you won't have a thought that's not related to said thing you're creating uh, for yeah. hours. Yeah. And that's the, that's the flow state that you need to somehow, not just you, but me as well, relocate in meditation. And I'm lucky that I was raised practicing improv improvisation because uh, some days I, I swear I can go minutes without a single thought. And then some days it's like 0.35 seconds. And I'm now thinking about a lemon tree that I want to go and lie underneath and, and pick lemons from it and make <laughs> lemonade. And which sweetener would I use for my lemonade? And oh, do I have any carbon downstairs in my soda stream so I can make the lemonade? Oh, do I have to go buy lemons? I love these trains of thoughts. They're so much fun, <laughs> but they really derail you from your compass. Um, and I, I, I just, I feel that if your mission is to get caught in the noise, you'll find yourself doing it in a way that is, it, it pulls you in 
not because it's a drug because you're you're energized by it but if it takes energy out of you then it might not be your exact purpose i think ultimately it really does come down to something that i do just you know these days in my yoga class i seem to just teach i only want to teach one thing when it comes to philosophy or theory it's just one freaking thing and that's supremacy are you regulated right now? Are you regulated? <laughs> so not white supremacy. It's like, um, can you regulate? Can you slow down your breath while we do this? And can you slow down your breath while we do that? And can you slow your breath back down after you feel mm. stressed? And can you start off slowing here? It's just like, can you keep your body calm and regulated through this? And and that for me is just the, that's like, that's all you'll ever need to focus on. I think that's enough. But so for me, that's like, you take that into life, right? It's like, can I regulate my way through this conversation? Can I regulate, can I stay in a regulated state while having a conversation with somebody who is in opposition to my belief systems? And can I stay in a regulated state when I am throwing my own stuff out there? Because I think, well, no, I don't think. I know for a fact that when we communicate from a space of regulation, from a space of feeling settled within ourselves there is resonance to that voice and that energy and that's the that's the voice that appeals to the human first yeah i believe the human first the narrative the narrative can come from a dysregulated space and the drama can respond to the drama from that space of dysregulation. But if you can speak from that regulated space, then you appeal to the humanity behind the noise. Mm. As slightly off topic as this is, since the loss of last year, it's been dramatically harder to regulate myself. And I've found myself more dysregulated at random times. And so I've been drawn into things that help me stay regulated. Um, and I could use it more, to be honest, but it's, it's, it, it is harder. It just speaks to what I said earlier about the nature of grief. Hurt people, hurt people. Dysregulated people are hurt people, right? Or hurt people are always, or, or much more of the time, people who are hurt are dysregulated. And that's a really good thing to yeah. keep coming back to. Because people that, who are hurt are dysregulated, man. It makes sense, especially if you communicate and act from that place of hurtness, then you are certainly some someone who lives a lot of the time in a state of dysregulation. And it actually is really hard to stay regulated all the time. I get sometimes I get excited about things and that excitement just turns into dysregulation sometimes i get upset about things and that turns into dysregulation i think that's why um monks are trained to have very neutral responses to things all the time well, neutral lives they have freaking neutral lives they have a bowl of plain white rice <laughs> yeah. for dinner yeah, yeah i get it but they're, they're also relinquishing worldly attachments that makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah. but that's a different part it's a different the goal part. is not to like like be regulated 100 percent of the time it's to come back to a state of regulation as often as you can at least for me in that's the, hard in man. The normal how, world. how do you do that on the days where you're feeling like emotionally low emotionally low yeah i mean dysregulation for me comes in so many different forms when i have just like flat out anxiety i think that acknowledgement 
helps like this morning okay i was driving to the train station i'm like oh my gosh we have 10 minutes to make the train and i might not find a parking spot i was with my niece and i'm just like just so you know like i'm, I'm having like a full-blown anxiety experience right now and she's like your anxiety is giving me anxiety and i'm like yeah it probably would i'm really really dysregulated right now and we laughed about it <laughs> and i like made some rational like justifications i'm like yo like we've got 10 minutes i'm like three minutes away from the station it's a quiet day like we're gonna find a parking spot like like let's just let's just calm down together and then and then i slow down my breath and i let myself get there you know Mm. it's like hold space try to regulate but also just let yourself ride it out Mm. um and then when it's like dysregulated from a space of like like you're saying like feeling low feeling like lonely sad overwhelmed low energy like that's just like a space of depletion like depleted dysregulation yeah and what's been helping man for me this week and like what's present for me right now is just being like i don't know like maybe it helps as a woman as well just to be able to be like hey like this week i'm on my cycle just cut myself some slack man if i want to walk three and a half kilometers instead of five like man i just i got up and i went started the walk anyway like can that be enough Mm. or like this full moon's really freaking heavy like can i just do a little bit less today can Mm. i just clean my room tomorrow like like actually just create some space for me to let go a little while also having shown up for myself Mm. like i still dragged my ass out of bed at 6 30 a.m and went outside so if I don't do a weightlifting session today, like that's actually okay. Mm. So uh, yeah, I guess the answer is like some sort of middle ground between like we have to perform and let's just give up on life. Mm. So being a little less strict on yourself. Yeah, for me, gentle, mm. gentle. I'll do that as well. My, my dysregulated go-to, at least very recently, has been just watching TV shows that make me laugh Mm. because I think laughter is one of the greatest medicines and that helps me personally a lot. I know people who don't watch comedy at all, but they have other ways of regulating. Yeah. Like watching horror every night. Yeah. That's not a good idea. Especially not at night. Actually watch it every day, but I don't know about the nighttime. We had this discussion in a different episode. (laughs) Right back to where it started. uh, If you want to hear that conversation, it's musings on horror episode 31. I don't know. 30. I don't know. It's an episode. Scroll down. You'll find it. Um, I don't believe that there's just one right way to re-regulate your nervous system. And and like my dysregulated state is so different to your dysregulated state. Yeah. Yours is like, yours is the literal depiction of a tank moving towards you with its stout is it a stout aimed at your home like ready to blow you up and you're like no stop don't show my family's in there you're screaming and like extremely hysterical running towards it for the sake of your life and the life of this entire planet and me i'm like i feel sad today but I have that. I have my. I'm kidding. I, I, we all have both. No, no, no. I actually, I think you mostly have. I feel sad today. My my dysregulated <laughs> states go in every direction. Yeah, I have that's like true. I have like eighteen different dysregulated yours is, states. Yours is fight, flight, attack, scream, rebel, <laughs> anger, <laughs> scream louder, <laughs> argue with animal, cry, laugh, cry, 
10 minutes to think and react to every single thing in my life. Be sassy and have sarcasm <laughs> to every single thing anyone says to you. And just, just catatonically eating a packet of chips. Uh, aggressively eat chips. <laughs> that's another one. That's a different one. Aggressively eat food in general. Cut yeah. your mouth on the food because yes. you did, ate it aggressively. Yes. Um, bash yourself into things. Yeah, yeah you, you don't just have fight or flight. You're right. You have, <laughs> you have fight, flight and about 17 other options. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, mine is just, I'm sad today. Or, or recently it's been, I don't know why I have no energy. I don't know why I have a day off today. I'm lucky. I don't want to get out of bed though. Mm. Uh, and I've, you, had, I've yeah. been swamped with a few of those lately. Do you still force yourself out or do you? Uh, yeah, I do. I've been getting out of bed. But I, you know, I've been getting out of bed, you know, doing my morning stuff, going for a 5K walk, coming home, getting back into bed. <laughs> <laughs> and just letting myself have that. I don't even fall asleep, but like sometimes it's nice to put on what's been, what I've been doing lately is putting on like a 20 minute, 20 minutes of like binaural beat. Oh, that's great. Frequency meditation or something. Mm. And even just like, if I go like half asleep for 20 minutes and then I like get up and do something, that's been really nice. It's beautiful. Nervous system regulation. Sometimes. Yeah. It just means cutting yourself some slack and that, that might mean you experience, if you do that, it might mean you experience less road rage that day or you, you'll just see the world differently when you can do that. And sometimes, I don't know if you get this, but my God, the voice of guilt that lives inside you. That's, Oh yeah. You're going to watch another episode of Brooklyn nine, nine, you fat piece of shit <laughs> and it just lives there rent free. And it's just, Oh yeah. You're going to watch five, five of these in one sitting and eat a bag of popcorn. Oh my God. You <laughs> fucking make me sick. So, <laughs> there is that guilt voice that when you need regulation, will try and force you into doing something that maybe doesn't feel right in that moment. And I think there is a healthy balance, not by listening to guilt, by, acting on actions that you yourself would like to do, but not because the guilt got you there because you managed to get yourself there through regulation. Yeah. My, 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 um, my intention for the week is to, to, to something my client came up with. It was brilliant. What was it? The something called like the gentle mind or something. The gentle, he's like, Writing a book called The Gentle Mind would be great. I'm like, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah cultivate I thought it was, the gentle mind. Yeah. That, that was my intention for the week. Literally like mm. progressing towards your goals gently relentlessly but gently you know like gently but always moving forward always steadily progressing but with this energy of softness that's working for me right now for where i'm at that's beautiful preach (laughs) 